Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov skated with the Bolts on Tuesday. If you could only have one player back for the postseason, who would it be and why? And, man, did you see Tom Wilson of the Capitals with that awful hit the other night? The New York Rangers have called for the league's head of player safety to resign. Wilson was not suspended. Where is the union on all of this? We're talking lightning and a little Bucks draft with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. This is right up your alley, Tom. We're going to talk a little NHL hockey tonight and some Bucks draft. But uh, first, let's before we get into even the Lightning and, and Nikita Kucherov and Stamkos, who skated on Tuesday with the team, I wanted to get your thoughts about uh, Tom Wilson and the NHL deciding not to suspend him for what was, you know, I mean, look, this guy has a long history of, of I think he's forfeited about $2 million in fines, been suspended many, many times before. Five times, I think. Yeah. Five times, yeah. And it just, nothing the league has done to him to this point has really stopped him. This is who he is. This is what he does. And he does it with impunity. Um, the Rangers came out and had a very strong statement. I, I mean, to have a team in the NHL um, rail against the league the way they did and specifically asking for the league's uh, head of player safety to resign when they had their reasons for why they didn't think it was suspendable. First off, Rick, let's start with the New York, the New York Rangers statement, by the way. That is incredible what – they did. That's rare, right? Oh, it's in. Uh, can you imagine, like somebody, like who handles player safety for the National Football League? Was it? Was I know well, Derek Roger, Brooks had Roger, to Roger Goodell, but I mean, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I he mean, can you imagine, team. like a team coming out and and saying like, an executive for the NFL should be fired for whatever reason? Not right. not somebody with the players' union, not somebody with you know like an independent counsel. It was you know, like you. They called for somebody who works for the National Hockey League to be fired, to resign, to step away from their job. That was incredible. I understand the emotion of it all. Look, I think Tim, to, uh, Tom Wilson, I think, is a, is a thug. I think he's a goon. I think he's, you know, the, the, the thing that you hate about it is he actually can play. The guy's a decent player. And I, I'm not one of those guys who, oh, you don't get the game of hockey the way. I understand hockey. I covered it a long time. I understand the violence aspect of it. I understand the emotional aspect of it. I understand players policing themselves a little bit. But what we saw the other night was for whatever, the umpteenth time now with Tom Wilson doing something absolutely ridiculous on the ice. Rick, you hit it on the head a minute ago. It's clear at this point the the NHL, and they look at these these incidents in a vacuum. I don't think they should. I think a player's history should be considered, and they have in the past considered a player's history. But, Rick, you said it just a moment ago if the if the NHL is not going to do anything about it 
then where's the players union? Because you know what? Uh, the players union represents all players, not just the guy who gets in trouble. He's representing the guys for the Rangers too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so we've seen this before in other sports where sometimes unions stand up usually for the guy who's been uh, punished in some way. Uh, and it's always turns into a league versus player thing. But in this case, Rick, I mean, you watch hockey. Like what Wilson did the other night was that's inexcusable. And this is not the first time. And it's not, oh, guy got carried away. He does this stuff constantly. Well, to your point, the New York Rangers, um, their statement was was very emphatic about how disappointed they were that Wilson was not suspended for what they called his horrifying act of violence at Madison Square Garden. He they said he's you know, he's a repeat offender, long history. Uh, of these kinds of uh, these kinds of actions, they say they find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate actions. Um, the hit was on Artemi uh, Panarin, yeah, Panarin, and and he's not going to play again, Tom. No, and Panarin. So like, here's the other thing: like Tom Wilson's a big fella, six yeah. three, whatever. Yeah. So you know, Artemi Panarin is. Five nine at best. I think he's listed about five ten. He wasn't really causing any trouble. He was trying. You know, the, the whole thing started pretty innocently enough. You know, we see these scrums all the time. And for Wilson to do what he did, Rick, the thing that I think would disappoint me as a player, and I get it. Capital fans are always going to stand up for the guy. And I and look, I'm and I'm sick and tired of this whole thing too, where people are going. Well, you know what? I, I take him on my team. Every team, every team in the league would love to have a guy like that. There's a difference between having toughness and and having a player who Rick. This is where it really gets me. Who's disrespectful? I think the when you start messing with guys' careers, what he did to Panarin and and also like ragdolling people around could have hit their head on the ice like badly. I mean, you're talking about guys who could really get messed up here. You're talking about guys' careers at this point. Again. There are a lot of guys who will fight on the ice, and we see tough guys all the time, and and everybody knows what they're getting into when they get into a fight a lot of the time. But this stuff that Wilson does, uh, it can really damage some people. It can really mess some people up, and it's unnecessary, and it's not part of the game. That That's the thing. This is not part of the game. Fighting can be a part of the game sometimes. Players policing themselves. Here's the other thing that's going to happen, Rick, talking about policing themselves. If the players, uh, if the, the league doesn't do anything, and the players' union doesn't do anything, and Wilson keeps to, able to go out there and keep doing the things he's doing. I hate to say it, and I'm not calling for it, but I worry about that moment when somebody's going to do something, and Tom Wilson's going to be picking up, um, picking up chicklets off the ice because somebody's going to take matters in their own hands. Yeah, and I, I think that's what surprises me more than anything else. Wilson has been in the league for a number of times, a number of years, and he's had this, he's, he's earned this reputation, so to speak. Why haven't somebody just cheap shot at him to the point where he's like, okay, I'm now a marked guy. I mean, is he, are they afraid of him? Are they, do they not want to take matters in their own? I mean, I know obviously you got money and, and, and careers, you know, at stake when you do that, but I'm, I'm a little I'm a little surprised that he is still an issue, right? And what will happen now because the league didn't do that? I mean, is Tom Wilson now going to be in the crosshairs, as he probably has been before, for every team in the NHL? You would think, but I mean, 
it's just the way the league is. I mean, we see guys on every team are like that. Brad Marchand has been doing stuff on the ice That's to people true. for you know ten years, and yeah, uh, you have guys in the Matt Cook was a guy who who played over the edge. Um, the Lightning had a guy for a while, Steve uh, Steve Downey, who um, you know crossed the line quite often. Uh, I don't know. I I think you know what's odd, Rick, is you say why don't people. Why has no one ever gone after Wilson? Some people have. There's there's a big dude out in uh, in Las Vegas by the name of uh, Ryan Reeves who, who's had some oh, good yeah. tussles with. Uh, He's a little Wilson, afraid but, of Ryan Reeves, right? Yeah, I'm like everybody's afraid of Ryan Reeves. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he's. I think. I think honestly, Rick, is people go out and they play the game the right way for the most part, and so even Tom Wilson is respected. Like his health or his career is respected by other players. No one's going to go out and just go after him just to go after him. Now, you know, I, I'm surprised more stuff didn't break out after the, after the hit on Monday night. And I think part of it was is I think the Rangers were kind of shorthanded in terms of toughness. Uh, I don't think they had a lot of, you know, it, there there wasn't there weren't too many guys who I think could have stood up to Wilson the other night. Um, but, Rick, this is a problem. Again, I go back to this, the NHL. I get how it works. I get the toughness. There is a need for toughness. There is a need for, for fighting occasionally. Um, but there's no need for the stuff that he does. And I'm disappointed that the league has sort of excused it because I, I, I think the league tries to look at it. And, and, and I think you know, the Rangers, I think they went a little overboard in their statement. I, I don't know that people need to be called for jobs. I, I don't think anybody deserves to get fired over this. But it is disappointing that the NHL didn't take a, a stricter stand on Tom Wilson. Here's the other thing, Rick. Let me ask you this, if this matters at all. The NHL struggles to gain traction in the United States in terms of popularity, in terms of um, a following by fans. Uh, I watched the, the all the shows, you know, the get-ups and the mm-hmm. uh, Around the Horn and Pardon the Interruption. And usually it takes something unusual to get on Pardon the Interruption or get on Around the Horn where they talk about hockey. This incident came up and everybody condemned it. Everybody was talking about this can't go on. Does this hurt the league when the only time it gets talked about is when something like this happens and then everybody criticizes the league for not standing up for violence? I think the league already has this reputation of being sort of the wild, wild west. People who don't really follow the game don't understand it. You know, it's the old joke, oh, I went to a went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Like do you think this hurts the league in some way? Well, Tom, there is the uh the long-held axiom of any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> and, you know, I wonder if there's a little bit of that involved here. I mean, not that you want to, to you know, perpetuate a stereotype, you know. You were mentioning the union, you know, and where do they fall on all this. And, and I, I've struggled with this in football a little bit too. Um, and that is, you know, it's a player's union. And, and the union exists for the betterment and the safety and, and everything of players, right? Um, and, you know, the league has been dragged kicking and screaming um, into trying to protect players and, and um, take away the headshots and things like that. And yet, you will see players all the time that, that, that have a big problem with penalties, with um you know why are they why are they making it harder on defenses? You can't hit a receiver. You can't touch a quarterback. I'm in the same place like with this. I'm like, wait a minute, whose side are you guys on? Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
your careers are already three and a half years, right? And now, now you want you want it to go back to the old Jack Tatum days. I mean, have you seen these guys that are in their sixties and seventies if they even live that long? Because I have. Let me tell you something. They're not doing really well, folks. There's a lot of broken up players out there, and well before they they should have dementia or ALS or you know disproportionately or any number of you know physical problems. Um, and I think it's accepted that you know you're gonna you're gonna go through that. I mean, you're gonna have uh, some residuals from from a violent game, whether it's you know arthritis or knee replacements, different ailments, um, because you threw your body around. That's how you made your living. But by the same token, it's like you will you will constantly have sort of a pushback from players on safety rules, you know, and, 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 I, and they'll find players and they'll do different things that the union has agreed to do. Um, and I always come down on this. Don't you want everybody to have long careers? Right, you know? right. I think, you know, what happens in, in certain cases, Rick, and I think this is what happens a little bit with the Tom Wilson cases. And I think they look at what happened the other night. If you're a player on another team, say you're not with the Rangers and you're not directly involved and you have no issues maybe personally with Tom Wilson, but you look at it and say, okay, what Tom Wilson did was bad, but mm, that sort of thing happens all the time. And if I'm the next guy that ragdolls somebody to the ice, now the bar's going to be set. I don't want to be suspended. There you go. Or I don't want my teammate to be suspended. I have guys on my team who play the way Tom Wilson plays. They just don't have the bad reputation as Tom Wilson does. And so, I I mean, there is a part of me that does wonder, Rick, that if if this had happened with another player, another player who's maybe not with Tom Wilson's reputation – if it if Ryan Reeves had done it, say we were talking yeah. about Ryan Reeves, who's a really tough character, and and a and a you know a tough player, if he had did what Wilson had done, but they were playing at Anaheim instead of playing in Madison Square Garden with the New York media and all that, if we would have be talking about it today, if Pardon Interruption would have had it on their show on Tuesday, I yeah. don't know, and so but I do think there is also a part of this where. We're, and the same thing happens in the NFL, Rick, is let's be careful about how hard we crack down on our on guys because tomorrow I might be the guy who's getting called to the commissioner's office on something. That's right. No, I think you're right. I think that's that's a good uh, – those are all good points. And, and I, I also think that players believe that on the whole um, there's not a lot of Tom Wilsons out there that, you know, why do we want to come down in, in a certain way like you mentioned when it's a small – Right. minority of players that do that and the rest of the guys aren't affected anyway. So they're like you d- player discipline, you know, the NFL gets a rap, you know, it's like, well, why does this guy get three games for violating the code of conduct? Why does what, you know, um, the suspensions and things, but when you really break it down, the number of players in the NFL versus the number of guys suspended, it's such a small, small right. number relative you know, most most guys on a roster are never going to be suspended. You know, they're, they're right. not; they're just not going to get eaten up with what happens to somebody else because that's not going to be them. You know, it, exactly. And I think a lot of guys look at what happened the other night with with Tom Wilson. There's a lot of tough guys who weren't in that game. Yeah, <laughs> people are going to sit around and say, hey, "I like to see him try that with our team." Well, yeah, you yeah, know, that's right. He tries that with us, and so we'll, we'll settle it for him. And <laughs> yeah, will. it's easy to say that, and, and 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 I'm sure, but I'm sure there is that that thought as well that. Um, hey, we're, we'll police her. If the league isn't going to take care of it, we'll police it ourselves. And the Rangers should have done something about it. I'm sure there are some players around the league who, who thought that last when they watched that's, that happen. 
So speaking of hockey, uh, big developments uh, with the Lightning. Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov both skated with the Bolts on Tuesday. They're still not having contact, but they were even participating uh, together in the in the uh, the number one power play in practice. The plan is not for them. I don't think either of them to uh, to play before uh, we get to the postseason. It's a really good sign, though. Let's start there. I mean. <laughs> Assuming both guys can come back, now Kucherov will not have played at all. You know they they were hopeful that maybe he could get some game time in, but you know without at some point he'll have to have some contact. There's a week maybe between the end of the regular season because Canada won't be uh, fully done yet, so there there might be a week before they get into the postseason. Tom, how much can you how much do you lose? I mean, you're talking about a guy that hasn't played in a year or nearly a year and hasn't had. Uh, game speed or contact how difficult would this be for him to try to come back and play I think it would be very difficult for him to try to come back and play but the more I thought about this Rick and I I know I kind of poo-pooed it early on like oh what are we expecting out of Nikita Kucherov but let's look at it this way instead of looking at okay where will Nikita Kucherov be as compared to what we're used to seeing out of Nikita Kucherov maybe the better question is how would he be compared to your you know, 12th forward, because <laughs> that's who he's going to be replacing. He's going to be replacing, you know, whoever's, you know, somebody who's who's the last guy out. So he's going to be better than that guy, you would think, whoever that is. Um, look, you're getting a superstar back. I don't know that he's going to play at a superstar level right away, but I'd rather have a, a 50% Nikita Kucherov and then the next game a 60% Nikita Kucherov and the next game a 70% Nikita Kucherov compared to a hundred percent of a lot of other guys. So I, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be like player of the week this first week back, but I think he's going to be eventually going to be okay. If you can hang around the playoffs long enough. All right. Let me ask you this, because obviously we know that, you know, at this stage of their careers, if both were healthy, I think it's clear that Nikita Kucherov, you know, is probably, most definitely maybe even the better player, right? Because sure. Stam- Stamkos has had this series of injuries. But in terms of in terms of what they mean to their team in a postseason, uh, whether it's face-offs, whether it's um, you know, being that captain, the guy in the room, whether mm-hmm. it's the, mm-hmm. the uh the, the power play in particular, um, you know, the one timers that you get from Stamkos and how people have to kind of shade to his side, you get it also from Kucherov as well. I mean, if you had to have one, you can pick one for the postseason, not both. Well, who would it be? Boy, you you set it up great, Rick, because your initial answer would be, well, it's Nikita Kucherov. He's he's the more skilled player. He's younger. He's more of a individual game breaker. He can create create offense by himself. But for all the other reasons you mentioned, you can't dismiss Stamkos, including the leadership. We've right. seen what he means from a leadership standpoint. And you mentioned, Rick, that mm-hmm. the power play. I, he is devastating. He's he will go down as one of the greatest one timers in the in the history of the sport of all time. Yeah, yeah, and he's still very effective at it. And it changes the way they play. It changes the way teams play against them. As you mentioned, the penalty kill. You always have to be concerned about him uh, when he's out there on the ice. He, he, him and Ovechkin, they, very similar in that way. So, having said all that, Rick, I, 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 well, here's there's one other thing to add to, and this probably isn't fair because I think Kucherov sometimes gets a bad rap, but. I there are games where, where Kucherov will sometimes disappear or something will happen. We saw in the playoffs against Columbus where he was sort of took a bad p- 
penalty. Remember, he got suspended. Got suspended. Yeah. Yeah, and so, but look, Stamkos has disappeared in big games as well. So I, it's not just Kucherov. It's a good question. Ultimately, Rick, I think if I had to, if I had to pick one, I think I would take Kucherov. I think I would. That's the guy I'd want, just because he could create by himself. He's one of those guys that if you're losing two to nothing and nothing's going, you got no offense. He can go end to end. You know, and as far as the leadership goes, I think now you have enough leadership, particularly with Victor Hedman out there and some other guys, you know, um, who have who have been around this team for a while. You know, Alex Kalorn and Tyler Johnson, guys who can 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 provide some leadership. Yeah, you miss Stamkos, but he could still be around the team. I think I would take Kucherov. What about you? I th- I I think that skill trumps will most of the time, um, but. This year, at least, they've done pretty well um, without Nikita Kucherov. I mean, I don't know if this team's capable of winning at all without him. And he's he's going to be a great addition. I mean, I can't imagine getting an MVP back for the postseason. It's almost right. unfair in, in a sense. Right, but, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, uh, we got this new guy. You know, it's like, <laughs> you ever play? You know, it's It's been done in a million movies, right? Like, the guy shows up with, uh, you know, his buddy Ken Griffey Jr. to play softball, you know. It's, <laughs> it's like very you know, just reminded it reminded remember remember I love this story. Remember there was an old Saturday Night Live where Wayne Gretzky was the was the host and they did remember I used to like the old Elvis movies where Elvis was like would show up somewhere and he would he, he then all of a sudden he'd break out his guitar. You know, he'd, he'd be working like at some country club. <laughs> then he'd break out his guitar. Well, they had one where where uh, Wayne Gretzky was like working at this like resort. You know, Anne Margaret was there. You know, and exactly. Jan Hooks was playing Anne Margaret or whatever. And uh, <laughs> but he was playing. Uh, it was called Waikiki Hockey, and he showed up. And he was like a busboy at this restaurant. They had a big championship game in hockey. And he'd never he'd never played before. But let me give it a shot. Of course, he turned out to be like like unbelievable. And and, and then the song that they Sang for it was mucka lucka lucka means a hockey. Mucka lucka lucka means love, and it was like the old Elvis that's movies. It was great. so, but that's a your same thing. It's like where's this guy? He just showed up out of nowhere, and he's the best player on the team, you know. So that's why Kucherov, like you said, that's Kucherov coming back. Yeah, I think I told the story about the guy named Jose Pagan that pinch hit for Puerto Rico in the <laughs> yes. uh, in the Southeast Regional. Still can't get still can't get over that. But yeah, I mean, it it, it it's all it is almost unfair. I mean, I listen. Vita Vea is not a Nikita, the the football equivalent of Nikita Kucherov. I will say this though, in all honesty, the biggest break the Bucks had, in addition to Tom Brady showing up, but <laughs> well, there yeah, you go yeah. again. There's another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who would you rather have? The big the biggest thing that that the Bucks, the biggest break they got was a dude who whose leg was looked all for all the world dangling off his you know his ankle or whatever um, when Devin White landed on and doesn't just come back for the championship game, but plays 33 snaps. This dude had not even been to, to a contact practice, right? And he gets out there, doesn't record a single tackle. He was in on every passing down and he pushed the pocket right into Rogers lap. And they got one-on-ones all day with Jason Pierre, Paul and Shaq Barrett. There are certain breaks in in professional sports. This would be a. I mean, this is you really can't quantify. I mean, look, you could go out in the first round against Florida, right? We don't know. Um, that that wouldn't shock me, right? But by the token, I mean, if both come back and both are healthy and both are playing at any kind of, you know, eighty percent Kucherov is is pretty damn good, you know. 
So no, absolutely, absolutely, incredible I mean, break for yeah, them. Yeah, no. If you get both of these guys back playing at at even a decent level, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's they make all the difference. Well, they're your two best players, and I know that that with two best forwards, I still even think Braden Point's obviously a. a a star as well. And I think Victor Hedman's the most important player on this team outside of Vasilevsky. But, um, but those two guys, yeah, they, they can win games by themselves and they can win series by themselves. They, that's all you need sometimes is, is a guy like Nikita Kucherov who in a seven game series, you know, ends up with five goals and eight assists or something like that. it's enough to carry, carry you through. Well, and just the heat that he, I mean, you know, right now when Braden point skates through the middle of the ice, as he, as the puck is often on his stick, he gets a lot of attention. Well, you can't get quite as much when you got Stamkos on one side and Kucherov on the other. Right, and you, you know talk about saying? all the time. We I mean, talks about all the time, in particularly in a sport like hockey, where everybody has had to move up a slot with Kucherov and Stamkos. Now they can go back to being who they were, or or back to what they were doing and where they're better slotted, and that'll make a huge difference. But yeah, you talk about Vita Vea. I remember when he came back. I remember reading your story. And it was almost like, oh, yeah, Vita Vea, I forgot all about that guy. Yeah. And, and then you get him back, and you're like, wow. Right. And for him to play yeah. as much as he did, yeah, of course, that makes a huge difference. It was big. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, get you out on this. Uh, the Bucks draft, what did you like about it? Um, who did you like? What, what do you think was their, their best pick? I mean, I'll go through the rounds for you, you know, they, they were picking last almost in every round, but they get Joe Tryon, who's a outside edge rusher from Washington, uh, opted out this past year, but had a really, really good uh, redshirt junior year, I guess. Kyle Trask is his big name, University of Florida, goes almost in the third round, last pick in the second. Um, then they get a guard from Notre Dame, uh, Robert Hainsey. Um, this kid from uh, from North Texas, this little dynamo five foot eight guy, Jalen Darden is just incredibly fast. J- K.J. Britt, a linebacker from Auburn, would have been an old Mike linebacker back in the day. Uh, our great stories we'll get into later. Chris Wilcox is a corner from BYU. This Grant Stewart guy, unbelievable story that Joey Knight's going to write about him and his personal life um, working to uh, help eradicate, I guess, human trafficking and things like this. Uh, that aside, was there one that jumped out to you and you said, hmm, I don't know, or – Hey, great pick. Well, the first thing I love is when you have no holes and you can just take the best player available. We've talked about that, particularly in the yeah, first that's, round. That's where they were, yeah. Right, and so I love it. I love it when, when, when you go up there and they take a player and you don't sit there and go, linebacker? They went linebacker? What were they yeah. thinking? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like they could have said anything. Like you know, with the seventh, with the thirty-second pick in the in the draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select, and the next could have been any position. Safety, wide receiver. wide receiver, tight end, mm-hmm. guard. Like it wouldn't have mattered. So kicker. I, I like I like well, the fact they just took kicker. the best player on the board. You know, right. The other thing I, I do like, I'll take an offensive lineman uh, and as high as yes. you can I, because yes. I just think they're so 
hard to find elsewhere. And I think you can get decent offensive linemen in in, in this oh, case the third round. You look, know? look where the Bucks are full of guys like that, right? Exactly. I mean, what Donovan Smith was a second round guy. Ali Marpet was what? Well, uh, I think he was. I think he was in the second round as well. But then you have guys like uh, Alex Kappa, and I mean, obviously their 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 other tackle was the first rounder. They got some pedigree, but they also got yeah. Worth was the first rounder, but yeah, I mean, you know, their their center, um, you know, who who they got from the Ravens wasn't a high draft pick. I mean, there are offensive linemen in this league. Uh, to your point, they're not all first rounders. It's hard to find five, and then if you get some depth. And a guy like Hainsey can play guard. He actually can play all five, and this is almost rare. He can play all five positions. He went to the combine. Uh, most players, or not the combine, but the senior bowl, most players, when they get to the senior bowl, they're like, I'm a right guard. I'm not even a left guard. I'm a right, right guard. Right, Or, you know, they go, well, will you move over here and try to play tackle? No. <laughs> um, well, how about taking some snaps at center? Why? You know, that's kind of what you get because their agents are telling them, don't, don't let them put you in a position that you're not comfortable playing. You know, you're not going to look good on tape, and then next thing you know, your drafts. This dude went in there and said, "Yeah, want me to try this? Okay, I'll do that." You know, like he he showed he could play five positions. So I think you're right. I think when you can when you can we talked about this before. Football hasn't changed much from the little league level up. The guys closest to the ball, they're the ones that have the biggest impact. You know, for all the things that the quarterback does and receivers do and um, defensive backs and all that, it's the guys up front that win or lose the game. So yeah, um, and I think they're I like just that. the hardest guys to find. I not that 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 you can find even elite players standing on the right. street corner. But I just right. think that if of all the positions that are hardest to find, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, guys closest to the ball, offensive and defensive line, feels like your best players, the ones you draft. It's just, it seems that way to me, you know, unless you're willing to spend a ton of money on somebody and particularly offensive line. Rick, when you look around, like how many offensive linemen ever switch teams if they're elite you know they don't because teams lock them up. They don't let those only, guys yeah, get away. Only they don't let them hit free agency, and uh, and when they do, they get gobbled up right away. Um, I'll say this: the Kansas City Chiefs certainly decided what happened in the Super Bowl will never happen to them again. They've completely rebuilt their offensive line with Pro Bowlers and first round picks. And I assure you, if they play Tampa Bay again, it won't be with that saloon door that they put in front of uh, Patrick Mahomes. No, that's time, right. So. And yet it's funny too when you when I talk about drafting players, there have been players who've been dra- who've been traded who are big time offensive linemen. We've seen it in the last sure. couple of years. But look what the price is for those guys. Uh, I mean it's it's hefty. It's usually a first a first rounder or um, a, you know a second um, rounder at least. So all right, Tommy, what we got going on at Pointer.org? Uh, the Governor Ron DeSantis here in Florida has been in the news. Signing an executive order takes start in July. Uh, I guess all the protocols are done. We've been writing about that or or what? Uh, not st- I'm staying kind of away from that for now. Big. So when this, when most people hear this podcast, right. so we're taping this on taking Tuesday down night. We're taping this on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. Wednesday morning is when Facebook's going to make a decision about whether to let Donald Trump back on. Oh, okay. Whether he's well, banned permanently. Decision. It is a big decision. We'll he see. started his own, didn't he start his own social media? So or? he started his own website. Apparently it's, this is not the website that everybody's waiting on. It's, um, so I, I called it, um, I sort of made fun of it a little bit. I called it only MySpace because he can only, <laughs> he's the only one. It's a good can, line. He's the only one that can do anything. Like he can, he can, uh, you know, tweet on it or whatever, put out little comments or post videos of himself or pictures or he can post things, but nobody can respond. 
or and talk to one another. Can I so just tell you? Can, can, can we? I don't. You shouldn't put this out. You shouldn't put this out for free, Tom. You should have bought the domain name number one, and number two, we we should we should own only MySpace because I don't only care MySpace. about any. I don't care about anybody else's opinion. I've always thought that Facebook <laughs> should really be called Two Facebook. That's true because because nobody on there is being honest, right? It's like you're two-faced if you believe that what we're reading is really your life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, here's another picture from their vacation. And, and I shouldn't say this because we posted pictures before. But, I mean, it's just it's just kind of funny. It's fantasy land. But anyway, yeah, you're absolutely right. Only MySpace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if that domain name has been taken. It's a, yeah, I it's what I, so that's what it comes It's basically a personal blog. Now, some of his advisors are saying this is not the social media thing that we're talking about unveiling at some point that's coming down the line here. So yeah. anyway, so Facebook will make a decision on that. By the mm-hmm. time most people hear this podcast, a decision will have been made. My prediction, yeah. we'll see if I'm right or wrong. I think Facebook okay. lets them back in. I, that's yeah. my guess. I, Probably I, it's will. Just, it's just a gut feeling I have. So. They've let some of my relatives in, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just just saying. No. Uh, Listen, check them out on pointer.org. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20 plus sports activities wellness programs you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family so book your next getaway with club med visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor